Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host, Walker Kelly. Mike is on vacation, so we have Kev... God damn it, I just... Masarajan. Masarajan. Kev Masarajan. Uh, we're doing a home-and-home home, uh, fantasy chat, uh, group chat with me, Walker, and Kev. Uh, today, we're going to be talking sleeper and bus. Kev, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for only semi-butchering my name. I know. Uh, Jeff Walk, I appreciate you two having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you all because, I mean, we just did this last week, so I guess we're running it back. Yeah, home and home. Let's do it. Running it back. Uh, so you can find Kev at Rotoballer and on the Operating Room Podcast, which is where Walker and I were last week. Find him at Rotosurgeon on Twitter or your block list on Twitter, probably. Most of <laughs> Fantasy Twitter's block list at this rate. We are... We're grinding. Honestly, I'm I'm gonna work towards getting blocked by all the people putting follow at whatever and it's themselves uh, on Twitter for fantasy advice. I'm seeing that all over. Like I'm not gonna name names, but like that Marco P14, whatever his name is, is like tweeting under guys on like Adam Schefter, Rappaport, like obviously the big followings. Hey, follow me for fantasy advice. Like no. you're shilling yourself. Like that's insane. Don't do it. All right. So uh, let me get the plugs out of the way. First of all, I have spent all morning because as a special bonus, and I'm still working on it, uh, every single player in the draft kit is getting an update at the end of preseason. Every single player except for like Deshaun Watson, because it's like, yeah, he's still suspended. But that's 171 players that I'm going through. So everybody will have an update, and that's going to be available for $7. Final instance of the draft kit coming out on the 1st of September. Um, and uh, that'll have uh, final 53-man rosters as much as I can have them updated. Right before we came in here, I uh, uh, saluted and removed uh, Trey Sermon and uh, Royce Freeman from the Niners and the Texans, so it's going to be as up-to-date as possible. Um, it's also free for patrons. You can sign up at patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. We do have a whole boatload of people who took advantage of that. Adam D., Ben H., Nick, Brian K., uh, Sorry if I butcher this. Pa, Pavishai V, Jerry A, James T, Anchor V, Album Hunt, MP, Jack S, Edwin O, Eric C, Andrew S, Austin H, Crew, Zach B, and Sumit G. Thank you very much. If you just want to buy the draft kit, it's seven bucks to footballabsurdity at gmail.com on uh, PayPal. Uh, we do have Twitch, twitch.tv slash footballabsurdity. Looks like we're going to be doing the last mock drafts this weekend with uh, Walid and Evan. I might be live streaming my salary cap draft with my buddy uh, Joe, who guested last year, who one of his hot takes was Michael Pittman was going to be top 12. This year, one of his hot takes is Damian Pierce is going to be top 15. So he might have some interesting ideas there. He might not want to do that because he might want to focus on the draft. Uh, Discord, tiny.cc slash FBAbsurdity. You can follow the website on Twitter at FBallAbsurdity. Walker is Big Daddy Dricks. I'm Jeff Crisco. Kev is at Rotosurgeon. All right, let's get into it. So, Folks, a uh, lot of news going down. 53-man cut down, but I just focused on three pieces of news because we don't need to get caught in the weeds. Um, the three big pieces that kind of shook everything over the last few days. First one, um, Kev, how much did you know and when did you know it? Brian Robinson uh, was mugged and shot on Sunday. He's good. He's fine. He's out of surgery. He was at commander's camp. But Kev said... Trade Brian Robinson ASAP. So how much did you know and when did you know it? So um, when the shooting occurred 
Adam Schefter actually had the first report and he texted me. He's like, Kev, you got this one, right? And I was like, <laughs> Shefty, for you, anything. And then I obviously, my fantasy brain went to, I want to help as many people out as possible. So I, I tweeted out like, you know, as a, uh, you know, allusion to something occurring, sell Brian Robinson, because I obviously knew that he had been shot and I was not reacting to the news about Brian Robinson being named starter, which to me does not matter. And obviously now, he had surgery and Antonio Gibson season's back on as if it was ever off, but that's neither here nor there. I was first on Brian Robinson's story <laughs> and I would like all of the credit. But in actuality, Kev was, was just a wrong place, wrong time and uh, got dragged all over Twitter, up, down, left, right, uh, because people can't check timestamps. Um, so an uh, hour, sorry. It was a whole hour. It wasn't even it was like 30 hour. minutes. I don't even know if Ryan Robinson had gotten shot when you at the time that you had posted that. I like he, that was, I think the mugging hadn't even happened yet. Yeah, exactly. That's because Kev's hitters hadn't gotten there yet. Nope. Antonio, uh, hey, hey, Antonio Gibson's hitters. Kev, Kev said, "All right, do it," and then he sent out the tweet. So that's that's his uh, plausible deniability. But um, this obviously rebounds Antonio Gibson's value. The Commanders are they're they're hoping he can come back this year which tells me that chances are he's not. Um, and if he does, we're looking at probably like November, December. I was frantically trying to figure out how long after a shooting can you run. And like, I'm going <laughs> to... I was looking it up. I was looking it up. Jeff was doing the research. Yeah, you know, I was. I went to several militia websites to, to figure it out, scroll past all the racism. Um, but I went uh, on the dark web. <laughs> yeah, I went on... I installed yeah, four. Yep, yeah. there we go. But here's my question is, um, how much does this rebound Antonio Gibson's value? And uh, let's let's all be honest with ourselves. Did we kind of uh, sidestep an issue? Because we all weren't worried about Antonio Gibson. And, and Walker, I'll start with you. Does this kind of rebound Antonio Gibson's value to what it was before? Yes. Uh, I mean, he, he's been RB13 the last couple of years. He now has no real touch competition for early down work. Um, I would expect him to be a very solid RB2, if not a fringe RB1. Um, the uh, commanders have been experimenting with using him as a slot receiver on occasion as well, so the pass catching should be a little bit improved, even though the rushing, I would imagine, will go down a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think they're trying to use him a little bit closer to how he was used at Memphis when his yards per touch was astronomical. So I, I think he'll be productive for fantasy. I don't think he's a top 12 guy, but I certainly think he's a top 18 guy, I would say. Yeah, Kev, you were pounding the uh, table to not worry about Brian Robinson. Did you, like, what does this do for Antonio Gibson for you? Does he just stay put because you weren't all that worried or did you breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief? I mean, a little bit, yeah. It's obviously one less out to losing touches obviously like that's not gonna not move him in my rankings but I already had him so high initially he was I had him scoring about 14 to 15 points per game if I recall correctly I dipped that to about 13 or so with the news of Brian Robinson so moving about he's still a top 20 running back for me um he should be going in the fifth round if not I mean he goes he was going 10th round at times the last week before Brian Robinson's news so I think his value should be back to where it was prior to all of the the nonsense from camp about him 
being a returner and uh, the team in the doghouse hating him. What are his week one touches? I don't know. Maybe he's still in the doghouse. I'm not going to guarantee he's getting 25 touches week one, but throughout the season, yeah, he's getting RB1 usage to a certain degree. And I think this actually worked out for the best because the team actually admitted they want to get him in space more and not just pound him up the middle because, yeah, he has the size, but he moves so well in space like a, I don't say like a Debo, but if they can kind of do something with him where they're maximizing him instead of just pounding him up the gut, I'd love it. But if anything, this raises JD McKissick's value in my opinion. And he's the one who we really aren't talking about much because we didn't really see him in the preseason, but uh, I already have a lot of Gibson, but I've been targeting McKissick lately because this is a pure two man backfield and McKissick, He's his value is unchanged despite this news. And I'd say he should be a top 40 running back, if anything, whereas he's going in pick 140 to 150 right now. Yeah, that was going to be my next question was about McKissick. Walker, what were you going to say? Oh, sorry. Did I, did I ruin it for you? I can I can just. No, <laughs> no, it's uh, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. McKissick is now much more valuable. Um, I'm probably going to start in week one in my home league in my flex spot. So uh yeah, he, he's definitely a top 40 running back, like Kev said. Yeah, and to, you know, show how far Antonio Gibson fell, I did a uh, the BARF, the Bay Area Regional Fantasy Football League, which, you know, it, it's it's uh, fantasy analysts. It's it's no slouches. It's, guys, it's got guys like Howard Bender and Dalton Del Don. I got him at pick 96, Antonio Gibson, because people were too scared. Like, he was going, he went behind, like, Miles Sanders, who was falling off the face of the earth, and... Um, you know, uh, uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Melvin Gordon, who are starting the year as the second back. So people were scared of this. And uh, if you got the discount, good for you. Um, got, I'm not going to ask for nine dollars in the football absurdity experts salary cap draft. There you go. But you didn't yeah. get uh, James Robinson and Travis Etienne and then go, oh, no, I have both of them like I did. Let's no, I go. drafted. I drafted well. Yeah, I did not. Oh. This is my this is Get what I do. I draft I draft terribly and then I make it work. It's what I do every year. I yeah. hate my team. I mean even sorry, even as the the Antonio Gibson guy, I passed on him recently at where mm-hmm. I should have taken him like the fifth or sixth round actually. I took Kyler because I like needed a quarterback and I had my running backs and I was like, okay, Gibson's available, Josh Jacobs is available, like Eli Mitchell, all like Ramondre, all these guys. And I was like, I'll take one of them that fall to the like next turn. Yeah. And that that's still like I feel like Jacobs Gibson throughout the entire offseason, I was like back and forth on both. So like if you could get one or the other, that's kind of they're in the same chunk tier for me. So mm-hmm. I, I don't feel any pressing need to get one or the other, but that's basically where Gibson is right now. Perfect. All right, let's move on to uh, the piece of news that has wrinkled me the most, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is back, folks. Uh, Niners restructured his contract, saved about um, if he doesn't play this year, saved about uh, $18 million off the salary cap. Um, he is getting uh, 6.5 base, 500,000 roster bonus, so essentially 7 million base. And then he's getting per game um, start bonuses. Um this isn't an, indi- an indication that they don't like Trey Lance. This isn't an indication that Trey Lance isn't coming along because if they thought that that was a possibility that they were going to have to turn back to Jimmy Garoppolo, they, I don't know, would have given him a playbook or had him talk to the quarterback's coach or not had him off to the side, just kind of throwing Exiled. by himself for the last few weeks. What did you say, Walker? Exiled. They, they yeah. got rid of him, basically, without getting rid of him. 
Yeah, so all this is, and, and and you guys can correct me if you think differently, all this is is the 49ers extending their leverage. He has a no-trade clause, which he can just waive if there's a situation where a team wants to bring him in as a starter. And I think that was the security that he wanted. And worst-case scenario, the 49ers have a backup who has taken them to the NFC Championship game twice, the Super Bowl once, and they saw what happened. They've seen a season derailed by injuries before, so they prioritize having a high-value backup. So. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't coming for Trey Lance's job. If Trey Lance slips back to like quarterback 13 or 14, wherever he was going before Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, came back, then go ahead and buy that discount, buy, buy the dip. That's never that that phrase has never hurt anybody ever. Buying the dip has never hurt. No, no, there's certainly not any circumstance where that would be a bad thing to do. Exactly. So you're saying buy the, buy the dip on Trey Sermon? Yes. Trace May as well. Trace Sermon uh, free. Uh, Dynasty voice. His his price will never be cheaper. What's lower than rock bottom? Um, uh, a silt bottom? Silt bottom. Uh, Earth's mantle bottom? Earth's core yeah. bottom? Earth's core. Earth's core. All right. Speaking of Earth's core, Marlon Mack and Royce Freeman have been cut, uh, paving the way for Damian Pierce season. Um, is he a top 20 running back? No. No. Stop doing this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, okay. Guy, guy is starter now, so that means he is elite for fantasy. No, that's not how it works. It's he's he's the first he's the early down back in an offense that stinks. He he's also hasn't proven that he's actually good. He's a fourth round running back. He might suck. It's what are you guys doing? Don't do this. Okay. I, I will contest. I don't he's not going to suck, but he might not be. I mean, top 20, you're assuming they're very good. He can yeah. just be good and still be mediocre. I think that's where I'll disagree. Top 20 too far. He should be going in the 24 to 30 range, wherever you're comfortable yeah. with those guys. Like I take him over Miles Sanders because I don't think Miles Sanders. I mean, yes, he's proven, quote unquote, something in the NFL, but he's proven to be more bad than good. And he's had replacements just outplay him. You know, the shiny new toy. There is value in that. I'm interested in that, but we've gone too far. You should have been taking Damian Pierce when he was going RB45. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be taking R- Damian Pierce when he's going RB20 to 24. 24, yeah. 25 to 30, whatever that range, yes. And that's, you know, there's a hard point of demarcation where we're talking Jacobs, we're talking Gibson, we're talking uh, Brees right. Hall. Brees Hall, he's going ahead of Brees Hall. Like, he's not better than Brees Hall, and I like Damian Pierce again. These are all backs who have receiving upside are either or are in great offenses with high touchdown upside. So we're in a position where if you need a running back and Pierce falls, yes, take him. But don't reach on him in like round five, round six, because you're passing on great quarterbacks. You might pass on Lamar Jackson for Damian Pierce. No. Like, <laughs> Come on. Wide receivers. Brandon, I, I take Brandon Ayuk over Damian Pierce. I take Adam Thielen over Damian Pierce. I take so many of those. Devonta Smith, Elijah Moore, all those wide receivers mm-hmm. over Damian Pierce. Absolutely. But then, yeah. But then you get to like the, like the Sky Moore. I'd, I'd take this chance on starting Damian Pierce over a wide receiver for Sky Moore eventually showing out. So I think that's where we're getting like, okay, this is where it's okay, right? Yeah, and I mean um, I'm a little lower than that, but I mean your point is correct that he's going too high now, and we we've shot up too far. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think the general public drafting a lot right now has kind of even pushed that higher because they see, you know, rookie starting. Oh, he must be really good. You know, it's if you don't follow the minutia like we do, 
you can miss things. And that's why we're here to provide you because we're insane people that follow this way too closely. So, you know, we're here to provide you with the the look behind the minutiae. And uh, yeah, D- Damian Pierce is, I, he would have to be the second coming of Jesus to be top 20 in that offense. So uh, yeah, I, I would be taking him like behind. I, I probably wouldn't take him in, ahead of, I certainly wouldn't take him ahead of Eli Mitchell, but I would take him ahead of Cam Akers. So I would have him around yeah. our 30. Yeah. Like, he's like, he, he's a, a top end running back three. And mm-hmm. he's going to be one of those guys where we turn around and if he plays all year, he's going to be running back 22. But that's just because he plays all year. He's he's going to lose out to Rex Burkhead. They kept Dario Ngumbawale. So he's he's going to be there just to catch passes. The offense is bad. It looked worse than it did last year in the preseason. Granted, they didn't have Brandon Cooks, but Brandon Cooks was the only part of that offense worth anything last year. So I'm wondering if maybe he's the only part of that offense worth anything this year. And Fantasy Twitter did the thing that they always do which is, hey, I'm going to draft this guy, and if the roster ahead of him falls the way I think it'll fall, I'm going to have a huge value on my hands. And then the roster ahead of them falls the way that people think it's going to fall, and then they just, like, cut his ADP in half. They're like, let's go, let's ride. And it's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. The things that you were saying are still all true. Like, you know, like, if you were like, hey, uh, Royce Freeman ain't it, Marlon Mack ain't it, they're not stopping him. And then Royce Freeman and Marlon Mack are gone. Well, then what's changed other than what you thought was going to happen has come to pass. And I think that a lot of people are going to be very disappointed, especially in PPR leagues with Damian Pierce, because I saw uh, or I heard somebody say, well, what if he gets like 15 carries and four targets per game? It's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. What if, you know, you know, what if if that thing that won't happen? Yeah, exactly. What if if my wife came back? Exactly. What, what if the Eagles actually used Miles Sanders properly? Like, yeah. no, other okay. things that won't happen. It just comes down to, like, this. It's like, you know, early down grinder. Maybe the uh, even if the offense isn't good, like, Damian Pierce can be good because running backs, as we know, for the most part, don't matter. Teams don't really care that much. And, yes, Cooks is a major piece. That downfield threat does, you know, Cooks is significant. So I won't be judging the Houston offense too much on that. And, you know, Tunsil wasn't even playing most of last year. So and he didn't play in the preseason. So that's a big piece again. So mm-hmm. getting two semi great pieces out there is valuable and will make the offense look better. Pierce can be fine and he could end he can end up top 20 overall again by staying healthy. But points for game wise, I'm just not interested. Like Chase Edmonds over Pierce and PPR, but half PPR give me Pierce over Chase Edmonds. Is that fair? That's like the range he should be. I would take that's... Edmonds over him in any format. Yeah, I was gonna I was but gonna I, I was gonna put that's because I think Chase Edmonds is very good at football. I think Chase Edmonds is very good at football, but like obviously that touchdown opportunity does matter. Sure, but I don't sure. think Pierce has high touchdown opportunity either. Yeah, I mean, a, if, a if he's the goal there. linebacker, come on, that has. If he's the goal linebacker, he'll catch eight or he'll he'll score eight touchdowns, and if he's not, he'll score three. I think it's more likely than not if he's the early down grinder, and like I want to be fair to both sides here. Like, yes. Sure. Like, like, it's just a minor differentiation, but that comes down to like 12 to 13 points per game, which is a guy that's a flex, if anything. So we're we're flex picking guy. nits. We're picking nits over guys who are being drafted, like Pierce is being drafted as RB2, who should be an RB3. That's basically it. Correct. Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, Kev, Rashad Penny or Damian Pierce? Um, see, that's tough. And that's where my <laughs> uh, allegiances get confused. But I, even right now, I think 
penny, but if you are fearful of injury, I, I can't blame you for going Pierce. I just think okay. Penny's an actually talent, like an actually very talented running back. While I think Pierce is a good running back, which is there's a significant difference. Both are in shitty offenses, and yeah. So, all right, uh, same Wal- amount of targets. Walker, Kareem Hunt, or uh, Eli- or not Elijah Mitchell, or uh, Damian Pierce. Kareem Hunt. All right. I wanted to give each of you uh, on-brand questions because Kareem Hunt's a pass-catching back. And that, I, would have taken, I, I would have taken Penny over uh, Pierce, too. Yeah, I, I think where Penny goes, uh, you want a guy who maybe he flies too close to the sun and burns out after six weeks, but what a six weeks those will be. Exactly. You know? exactly. Yeah. Um, so, all right. That's why I took Zach Ertz. Sorry. Like, Zach Ertz I've drafted a couple times, so I'm like, those first six weeks without Nuke are going to be kind of crazy for him. Yeah, he you might get 10 burn, targets a game. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. might burn bright, but I mean, he might burn out, but he'll burn bright before he does it. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's um, get into the sleepers and bust, baby. Let's go. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, let's uh, Mike is a coward and put stuff in here to hurt us specifically and then decided not to show up. <laughs> Just kidding, buddy. Enjoy your vacation. Mike, uh, yeah, I hope you're having a good time, boss. Yeah, so let's start with Kev's sleeper quarterback. Uh, it is uh, a guy that, um, you know, some people have left for dead because they think that his replacement's already on the roster. Uh, but he played okay in the preseason, and that is uh, QB 30 off the board, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, so, I mean, QB 30. We're talking free. We're talking the last quarterback. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Okay. I think we could both agree. I mean, we all agree. Sorry, not both. Uh, Kyle Pitts is amazing. I mean, yes. that's, that's undebatable. Mm-hmm. Drake London is very good. I don't know. I Somebody think, has him listed as a bust. I think he's good. Okay, but that's for fantasy. There's a difference. <laughs> and Marcus Mariota runs a lot. Yep. Yep. What else do you need in fantasy but at least two really good weapons and rushing upside as a quarterback and you're free. I like Desmond Ritter. I don't think they're going to start Desmond Ritter anytime soon uh, unless Mariota gets hurt, which, yes, he's proven to get hurt a lot. But while he's healthy, while he's free, literally free, I'm willing to take the shot on him. Like, who's he? Who's going ahead of him? Daniel Jones? I think Mariota has better weapons than Daniel Jones, and he has the same amount of job security. What's the difference? He's, and I think Mariota's better than Daniel Jones flat out. So, yeah, and he's proven I, himself. I agree. And uh, Scott Fishbowl corner. Yeah. I got Mariota at QB 30 in Scott Fishbowl. So, yeah, he's in, in a two quarterback league. You can absolutely survive with Mariota as your QB two for the time he starts, because when he's starting, he will be a, you know, a mid to high tier QB two because he will run a lot mm-hmm. and he's very good at it. You know, people forget because he hasn't played a lot recently. He's one of the best running quarterbacks we've seen. You know, he's extremely fast. You know, his, his running style is like, it's like, what if Tyrell or Terrell Pryor could throw? Yeah. Could you imagine Terrell Pryor at quarterback? Wide receiver Terrell Pryor at quarterback? Yeah, crazy how Terrell Pryor had a thousand yard receiving season. That is. <laughs> that was raise, your hand, raise your hand if you bought in the next year. Ooh, not me. No, no I didn't. I thought, I, oh, sorry. All right, so we'll just say none of us bought in then. We This isn't a video, visual yeah. medium, so we'll just say none of us bought in. Yeah, so, yeah, Mike has Trevor Lawrence as his sleeper quarterback. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of Good all pick. there. 
yeah, he looked good in the preseason. Uh, I'm buying, I'm coming around on uh, Kev's boy, Christian Kirk, uh, who Kev was pounding the table for last year. And uh, I think it'll be a good season for Trevor Lawrence. I think he's in the streaming discussion. I don't think he's a guy that you want to take as a top 12 quarterback, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he could finish as a top 12 quarterback, but I wouldn't draft him there because it's yeah. less likely than with like Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr. So I, but I, I do, uh, I do like Lawrence's talent. The offense will be a lot better this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I think picking him as a sleeper is a, is a solid call. Like Lawrence is at the top of that upside unknown on un, not unlocked yet quarterback tier of mm-hmm. like Tua, Justin Fields, um, I that's mean, I guess about it. Else. Yeah, that's about it for that tier. Cause it's like after Carr and Cousins and Dak and all of them, it's that. And I'd take Trevor because obviously he was the number one pick last year. He rushes and the weapons are better and the coaching isn't miserable. Like Urban. we have a Super Bowl, we have a Super Bowl winning coach who I think was unfairly fired. Like I didn't think Doug Peterson deserved to be fired. Uh, that no. was weird. Yeah. No, it was it was Doug Peterson reaped, uh, reaped the whirlwind of Philadelphia Eagles fans getting fussy that they didn't win another Super Bowl. Yeah, it, yeah, that was weird. Doug Peterson, they fired Doug Peterson and then they went and hired basically Doug Peterson in next yeah, year's exactly. uh, like a weirdo, a weird guy who is a really good <laughs> offensive mind. Like, yeah, it, they just didn't I want mean, Doug Peterson anymore, but they wanted that same kind of coach. Exactly. But the thing is, but we have more proof that that Doug Peterson's a good offensive mind than Nick Sirianni too. So. Oh, absolutely, we do. Yeah, that's that's. We have we, have we have a guy who made Nick Foles better than Tom Brady for a game. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. if anybody if anybody can make Trevor Lawrence work, it'll be the guy who who made Nick Foles was he Super Bowl MVP? Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Right? So. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That that's all you need to know. So all right. Uh, Cor- surprise, surprise. Sorry, Corey Clement. Sorry, Corey Clement looked like uh, prime <laughs> Ricky Waters or some stuff. Like Corey Clement looked like an amazing receiving running back that game. Yeah. So, all right, Walker, surprise, surprise, their their quarterback one in the football absurdity experts draft is their <laughs> sleeper, yeah. Ryan Tannehill, QB twenty two off the board. Yeah, I just think Ryan Tannehill will finish higher than QB twenty two. I mean, he was bad last season compared to his prior work as Tennessee starter. And he was still a top 15 quarterback. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's no reason to be drafting him at QB 22. I know he's boring. You know, he's going to do what he's going to do. You know exactly what he is, but he has the rushing floor because he rushes a lot around the goal line. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Finger roll. Ryan Tannehill is going to finish like QB 16 again, and he's going to be perfectly fine. And he's, you know, really, really cheap. Kev, any uh, objections to that? No, I've drafted my fair share of Tannehill. He's fine. He's going around Mac Jones, which I take Tannehill over Jones. Yes. Like, <laughs> One of these yeah. guys I mean, can run. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not just that, but like Burks, I still think is really good. Robert Woods, if he's healthy, is really good. Um, Nick Westbrook, I know you guys don't like him, but like they have a bunch of decent pieces and some upside pieces like they have depth they have a great running back they have hopefully an improved offensive line if taylor luan's healthy i know they lost sapple but i think the pass pro could be better if their tackles are healthy so i mean i'm not going to say he's a qb1 he has been in the past but if he's qb16 that's a huge win where you're getting him right yeah especially in a two quarterback league and um exactly my guy is also somebody who the last time we saw him play 
was a t- like any extended period of time. He was a top 12 quarterback and he did it with 30 interceptions. And that's Jameis Winston, QB 20 off the board. Um, he played in limited time last year. He played in five full games, but in two of them, he had four touchdowns and five touchdowns. He has that kind of upside. Granted, yes, uh, Sean Payton is gone. But when he left, he basically told he, he went to the coaching staff and was like, don't touch anything. Just leave everything the way it is, which is why Dennis Allen, who knows defense, is the head coach, which is why the offensive coordinator is the guy that's been in Sean Payton's back pocket for the last decade, whose name is escaping me right Pete now. Carmichael. Pete Carmichael. There we go. Um, I was but, waiting to pull that out. But Jameis Winston has all the upside in the world. His foot is healed. He played in the last preseason game. He looked good. He was four for four for, I think, 39 yards, orchestrated a scoring drive. Michael Thomas has the hamstring issue, but the Saints aren't worried about it, so I'm not worried about it. Alvin Kamara is successfully uh, evading the legal system (laughs) long enough to not get suspended this year. So I think that, you know, uh, with those two, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry is his number four target, and he's one of the best PPR blankets in the world. So it's like this offense is going to move down the field. Yes, they lost Teron Armstead, but they drafted a tackle to replace him. Yeah, one that sucks. And he got hurt. He's out for like half the season. Oh, is he? Yeah, Trevor that might, like hurt. That, that's oh, I a didn't good know thing. Penning got hurt. That's a good thing. He's oh, so come on. bad. You don't want him to fight everybody? I do want him to fight everybody, but the Saints don't want to see him on the field. He's awful. Yeah, the Saints. Okay, but credit to the Saints. They do really well with their O-line in general. So yeah. Oh, they'll they find get a replacement. somebody. That, that's why I'm saying yeah. it's good for them because they'll find somebody to plug in in that spot that'll be fine. Yeah, or they'll, yeah. they'll just kick Andrews Pete out to left tackle and it'll somehow work. Yeah, because he was drafted as a left tackle too, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. And let's not forget, uh, he has the greatest uh, tight end in the history of the game as one of his Trout, weapons too. man. Juwan Johnson. Taysom Hill. Oh, this, is yeah. my, this is my Nick Adams corner. Do you guys oh, want to yeah. fight? Do you guys want to fight about Saints tight ends for half an hour? No. No, they're all going to be bad. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to busts quarterbacks. Uh, let's get Mike's out of the way. Jalen Hurts, you're wrong. Wrong. Right. Get him out. Yeah, fantasy wise, that's fired. Wrong. Yeah. Hey, Mike, Mike, you're fired. You're fired. Uh, Mike doesn't like quarterbacks unless they can throw the ball. That's pretty much what it comes down to. I was gonna say something else, but I'm gonna not say that on the podcast. No, don't say that. Don't. No. Say that. No, because <laughs> here, here's my defense. He hated Josh Allen. Yeah. Before Josh Allen learned how to throw, so it's like, all right, it's it's the archetype. All right. Yeah, um, Josh Allen like. likes rap music. Josh Allen likes rap music, so he doesn't like him for that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Mike's old, not racist. That's right. Uh, <laughs> hope hope you're listening, buddy. All right. Uh, Love Mike. Bust for both Kev and Walker, and it was gonna be me uh, as well, but uh, I couldn't have. We couldn't have two sets of busts where we just all agree. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. So Kev, you're the guest. Let's go first. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, QB eleven off the board. Why is he a bust? You know what I really like when my quarterback <laughs> when my quarterback has a carousel of wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, that's how you know he's gonna have a lot of fantasy points in a certain season. Yeah. No. Like I'm buying Watt Sammy Watkins because he's really cheap, but otherwise you have the worst wide receiver core in the NFL, and you're in a division with the Bears. That's tough. Uh, look. Fantasy points aren't exactly derived from your weapons. Like, obviously, quarter, quarterback play matters, and Rodgers is an MVP caliber, obviously, back-to-back MVP. But fantasy-wise, we've seen him perform outside the QB, outside of QB1 range as recently as, like, 2019. 
Um, mm-hmm. And this was with Devonte Adams. So there, there's precedent for this. 2018 as well, actually. He wasn't a QB1. He wasn't a QB1. 2018, 2019. Last two seasons, Devonte went nuclear, and that helped him out. But Aaron Jones might be his best pass catcher. That's saying something. And Jones is great, obviously. But um, it comes down to just your weapons. Rodgers can still play, but they have a great defense. They're going to be very run heavy. And yeah, you're not going to have a lot of touchdowns. You're not going to have a lot of passing yards with this set of receivers, unless they make a trade for like Tyler Lockett. I just don't see a QB one season coming to fruition. All right, Walker, what was your thought process for hating Aaron Rodgers? And is it because he went on Joe Rogan? Uh, It's because of a lot of different things. Uh, A lot of them have to do with the fact that I'm a Lions fan. But um, no, Aaron Rodgers can shut up and go away. He's whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not let's not. Can, he, let's can not they say that? that? Uh, <laughs> this is a culture. Uh, yeah. Don't blog about me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Aaron Rodgers is not. Uh, he's, he's just not going to be able to score the fantasy points. He, his his efficiency has to go down without Devontae Adams. I mean, like Kev said, his best pass catching option is a running back. Uh, his second best pass catching option might also be a running back who isn't actually that good at catching passes. Um, He's catching back AJ Dillon. Right. Like I, it's not good in green Bay, the weapons they're bad and that's going to affect him. He's going to play well. He's still not going to turn the ball over, but he doesn't run and he isn't going to throw 40 touchdowns this year. You know, he could get, he could easily end up with like 26 touchdowns and four picks and, you know, 40, 42, 4,300 yards. And that's going to be like QB 15, QB 16. I don't even have him at 4,000 passing yards, honestly. And that's possible as well. Yeah. Right I mean, before oh, we started. 17 ga- Sorry, 17 games makes it weird, but still. Got right before we started recording, I got a push notification that uh, the Packers might go wide receiver by committee, which is yeah. definitely what you, what you want to get for uh, a lot of upside in your passing game. Um, a guy that, uh, my, my bust is not that I hate him, but I saw Joe, go, Joe Burrow go as quarterback five in a draft this week. That is too, I, I, I have all faith in the world that Joe Burrow is going to finish as a top 10 quarterback. He has too much talent. The offensive line's too strong. And oh yeah, he has Jamar Chase and T Higgins, but people who are taking him at quarterback five, quarterback six are taking him at his upside or at, at his not his ceiling, but at his ultimate uh, uh, realistic upside, because they remember how last season ended. They remember those two big games at the end of the year where uh, he blew up and had like 800 passing yards and nine touchdowns in those two games. But what they don't remember is that in the playoffs, they played defense. They slowed the clock down. They went to a ground and pound. They have one of the most, uh, you know, the, one of the few running backs in the league who can handle 300, 350 carries in Joe Mixon and this idea that all of a sudden they're going to jump into the top half of the league in terms of like pace of play and stuff. I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. And yes, he's going to throw the ball more, but it's because um, Jamar chase had all these like 50 yard touchdown runs. Like he had five of them last year, which is third in the last three years, like combined. And that's not the kind of thing you can count on year after year. So I just think that, um, you know, they want to win games. They don't want to, you know, uh, score the most points in the league. They want to win the most games. And they were only 10, 10 and seven last year. It's not like they blew the doors off and they're ready to like, you know, really uh, take the league by storm. 
So I really think that they're going to lean on Joe Mixon a lot more than this Joe Burrow QB seven is going to uh, return. Like he doesn't run. He's just passing. So you're really you, your margin for error is very thin. And if you know, if we're getting a lot of like Jamar Chase pass interference in the end zone, which it sounds like they're trying to focus on pass interference type of things, it's going to be a lot of one one yard Joe Mixon touchdowns instead of Joe Burrow touchdowns. So I just think that we're taking Joe Burrow like he's going to have multiple touchdowns every game where, you know, they rode him all the way in the playoffs not doing that. I think he had multiple touchdowns once in a game last last playoffs in all four games. So I just the the, the way the the Bengals are put together in terms of how they win, like I just don't see Joe Burrow being this top half of the the top 10 quarterback. But I do see him in the top 10. So it's weird to call him a bust, but I needed somebody who wasn't Aaron Rodgers because that's who I wanted to play. I I disagree to an extent. Um, I think QB5, QB6 is fine. I wouldn't take him there, but I mean, the math checks out. Like you said, the passing plays, they were 20th in passes per game. Uh, with Joe Burrow, you're probably going to be top 10 in passes per game because he's a top 10 quarterback. They he was coming off the ACL slash whatever else he damaged. And early in the season, they clearly were not, you know, they were clearly using Mixon very heavily. And the big plays, yes, they'll regress, but they're just going to throw more and it'll even out. I, I think it's very hard to not get up there with T. Higgins and Chase Healthy for 17 games. Tyler Boyd, very good wide receiver. Mixon, I think they're going to use him more as a receiver as well. Their blocking's improved. Defense is still a little suspect. It's fine. So I don't think they're going to be able to have ball control throughout the game. Um, I mean, it, again, this is kind of like the anti-Rogers. The, the weapons are so good. He's just going to score fantasy points because of them. And they're going to throw more. I, I think that's undisputable that they don't. Uh, would I take? I think QB7 is fair. But Q, if you take him QB5, it's fine. Like, I'd take him over Lance still. Because, like, yes, Lance is this crazy rushing upside. But... Man, you can't deny that Burrow can easily throw for like 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Like he could just do that, like Stafford basically last year, and be I, even I better because he's he's probably gonna rush it. more. Like I, two I, years I, removed from that leg injury, come on, he's gonna rush more. I think we all can agree. No, he doesn't have an appendix. How is he supposed to rush? Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> what is an appendix? What has an appendix ever done for anyone? I heard it. I, I heard a thing about how it stores like gut bacteria, so it actually is useful. I don't know, Walker. What were you gonna say? I I don't think Joe Burrow is a physically talented enough quarterback to throw for five thousand yards and forty touchdowns. I, I simply don't think that's true. I I like Joe Burrow, but I think that he's limited. He doesn't have a huge arm. He isn't particularly athletic. He's just very accurate, very smart with the ball. And you can be quite good with that skill set, but that's about where you top out, you know, and, and that's fine. It's not like that's a bad thing, you know, but he just isn't the type of guy who is going to finish as a top five quarterback, in my opinion. Now, like you said, top 10, fine. If you want to take him QB seven, then sure. I, you know, you're getting out of the second tier into the third tier, but like, I would not take him over uh, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Jackson, Murray, or Hertz. I wouldn't take him over any of those guys. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I'm just saying yeah. in that, like, he probably ends up in that five to seven tier range in some order. And I don't I, think he does. 
I just it's it, the weapons are just too damn good. Like his weapons are better than Mahomes, and I get it. Mahomes is better than Burrow, but why was Burrow so good a year after like his leg shattering essentially is because his weapons were amazing. So it's very hard to be bad. And it's very hard to not be a top quarterback when you have Chase Higgins, that offensive line that's improved. He led the league in sacks last year. I don't think there's going to be anywhere close to that many dead plays um, with uh, what they had. Ted Karras, Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams is still improving. This is going to be an offense that is just running. So it's like mechanical to a certain degree. He had, he had a crazy amount of interceptions. He had like 14 interceptions, a 2.7% rate. I think that goes down as well. It's just one of those things where everything is going to even out that the big plays won't even matter because they're just going to be flinging it and figuring it out. Like if it's not a 50 yard pass, it's like multiple 15 to 20 yard passes. It just, the offense has too many good players and it would take an injury to like chase and a big offensive line piece for them to not be very good. Okay. Let's move on to running backs. So uh, this one I know is going to get Walker, uh, a little rankled because uh, Kev posted about it earlier today. But uh, Kenneth Gainwell, RB45, we've got uh, issues with uh, Miles Sanders not playing. Um, but Kev thinks it's going to be Gainwell and not Boston Scott who takes over. So, Kev, uh, make your case for uh, Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Gainwell had 51 targets as a, or 50 targets, sorry, as a rookie last year. That's pretty dang good for a rookie running back who barely played over 40% of the snaps in any game. He was like fifth in targets on the team. And I know they didn't have the best weapons, but that was more than Miles Sanders, um, more than Boston Scott. So he's already the receiving back on that team. I think we can all agree. Uh, he's very likely the third down back. Um, and he led the team in red zone opportunities, the team, not just, not just the running back room. So they clearly trust him in the red zone. They trust him as a receiver and his pass pros improving. So, I think baseline, he's the third down running back on that team. Yes, he doesn't have the size. He's not going to be a 200-plus touch running back. But if he can get to that 175-touch range with half of those being targets or catches or whatever, that's an extremely valuable running back on a top-10 offense with arguably the best offensive line in the league. Uh, yes, Jalen Hurts is going to take away those rushing opportunities, rushing touchdown opportunities. But overall, I mean, they clearly like him. They trust him. Yes, the hierarchy in the preseason isn't there. But these things can work themselves out after the first month of the season. It's like, you're not even going to start him until mid to late October. If anything, that's when like running back uh, injuries come to play. So I think where he's going, pick 120 ish RB 40 ish range. Like you mentioned, it's just steel. Cause I'm not a Miles Sanders guy. And I don't think it's crazy to think he overtakes Sanders by mid season. All right. Walker counterpoint. Uh, no, Kev's right. Uh, Kenneth Gale, oh, come on. Austin Scott. I don't know what I was talking about. I went and looked at their stats and uh, Gainwell and Scott averaged the exact same yards per carry. Scott just ran for more touchdowns, which sure he's bigger. So yeah, he's probably going to be a little bit better in short yardage situations. Um, but Scott had, I believe 16 targets last year and Gainwell had 50. So they're probably going to play about the same amount. If Sanders misses time, Scott will get more runs and Gainwell will get more passes. And the pass catching for me, because I rank for PPR, is uh, more valuable. So, you know, I I think that Boston Scott will technically be the starting running back, but Gainwell will score more fantasy points. Not that I think that'll necessarily be great, but like if Miles Sanders misses time or, as Kev says, they phase Miles Sanders out of the lineup at some point in the season – 
he can be a flex guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. That was very, that was very like humbling. I don't know. Like that was awesome. Bad for radio Walker. All right. Mike stole stole AJ Dillon RB 24. I think we all agree. That's a good value for AJ Dillon. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, And then Walker is taking Daryl Henderson um, who uh, I got absolutely roasted this offseason for going, why is Daryl Henderson going 87 picks after Cam Akers? Well, who's laughing now, jerks? All right, Walker, talk about Daryl Henderson. Uh, like I said, RB42 off the board. Yeah, that's ridiculous because uh, as of right now, he's the starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Cam Akers can't move correctly right now. Um, he's at this point very clearly not ready for a short week, week one game. Um, I think Henderson's probably going to start week one and I don't think acres plays much if at all. Uh, I, I just, I really think that, uh, I, I, I think that he's going to be the starter for the foreseeable future early in the season and he's not bad enough to lose the job. You know, he's, he and Cam Akers have had very similar efficiencies when they've played. So I, I think they're very similar players, and I think because of the injury situation, Henderson's healthier, so he's going to get the first crack. And, you know, I I can understand not ranking Henderson over Akers, but they shouldn't be separated by much. You know, I believe I have Akers at 34 and Henderson at 36 or something like that. So, yeah, Henderson is the type of guy who early in the season is going to have value. And, uh, you know, especially if you're going zero or hero running back, getting a guy like him and Rashad Penny, those type of guys that we know we're going to start and produce early, but we might have to figure something else out later. Um, those are the type of guys that you should be targeting. Yeah. And um, I don't want to uh, expand on it because um, we're going to get into it with the Cam Akers thing. So I think we'll loop back around to that real quick. Breaking news. Uh, another boat is stuck in the Suez Canal. Round two, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. As of like a half hour ago. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, my guy, Melvin Gordon. Uh, Melvin Gordon is, uh, as of right now, RB37 off the board. Um, we spent all off season on, uh, you know, the people who, the sickos who think about redraft all year round, uh, just assuming that Melvin Gordon wasn't coming back. Um, so we've all vaulted Javante Williams uh, way up into the top 10 at running back right now. He's at 14, but uh, Melvin Gordon came back and um, you know, Melvin Gordon said, uh, you know, they want Javante Williams to be that guy, but you're looking at probably a 60, 40 split with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams where last year when that happened, uh, it was closer to 50, 50, but Melvin Gordon got all the goal line carries. Melvin Gordon was the one who was scoring the touchdowns. Javante had more receptions, but when you look at their efficiency stats, they were almost identical. There was no reason for um, the Broncos to take Melvin Gordon off the field. And uh, Kev, you can appreciate this because you're a baseball guy. I said, look, you know, it's a lot like closers. You know, if somebody's going to take the closer job, one guy's got to lose it. And Melvin Gordon did nothing to lose touches. Uh, And it was the same thing as like with closers. So I think it's going to be more of a shared approach in Denver. I think that it's going to be an up-tempo offense with Russell Wilson. Um, And I think it's going to be a two-back system because not only did the Broncos do that last year, but they hired Nathaniel Hackett, who comes from Green Bay, who had uh, A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones almost split touches down the middle last year. 
And before that, Jamal Williams is splitting touches with Aaron Jones. So it's not in his DNA to go with one guy. So that's why I'm, I have faith in this Melvin Gordon RB 37 is going to drastically uh, smash that, that, that draft by price. And especially in salary cap drafts, he's $3, whereas Javante Williams is 48. And that there, there shouldn't be that big of a difference between them. Yeah, no, you're pretty spot on. I, the, the gap is incredible. It should not exist. The Henderson Acres gap should be much smaller than the Javante mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon because obviously one of those has an actual chance of supplanting the other. I don't think Javante is going to get supplanted anytime soon. So that's why I mentioned Gainwell as my sleeper. Melvin Gordon's not going to be the RB1 on the team. It would take like multiple Javante fumbles or like an injury for that to occur. So, you know, the, the out for that to happen, I, I just don't want to bet on necessarily. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, uh, in underdog, I drafted a bunch of Melvin Gordon just because it's half PPR, but full PPR. Uh, yeah, you could justify Javante, especially if he's the third down back full time there. At the two, three turn, I'm not opposed to it. You know, like if you need a running back, if Aaron Jones, if Nick, I'm not Nick Chubb, I take Javante over Nick Chubb just because of the pass catching, but like mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette, I, I don't know. Kamara's weird because I still think the suspension could happen, but that's neither here nor there turn one two turn javante no two three turn javante maybe yeah that's fair i still don't really want him but like yeah. if if you have to, if you started with justin jefferson or something and you're like ah javante is the best running back on the board and you're gonna bet on him taking over by week 15 with week 17 with like a melvin gordon injury or a significant decline because you know older running backs do tend to decline as the year goes on like i.e uh mark ingram and whatnot but yeah, that's the only way I could consider Javante. Like, if you take JT or CMC with your first pick or second pick, I would not be taking Javante. So it, it all comes down to roster construction, context, and all that. But yeah, if you're taking Javante at, like, pick 1.10, like, pick 10, sorry, to simplify that, I think it's ridiculous. You're you're wish casting. You're purely Damn, in fantasy land. What's up? No, just nothing. I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, that's all it is. It just don't overspend on Javante. But if he falls to you, he's a fine pick because, you know, shit happens throughout a season. Yeah, he could pay off easily, but you're making a bad bet that at that cost. Yeah. So um, we we kind of covered Mike's bust, uh, Javante Williams, which is nice, uh, which means we can all slander Cam Akers, RB19. Kev, you're the Rams fan. You can go first. He tore his Achilles. On to you guys. Okay. Um, he's also not been that good at football. Correct. Okay. Off, off to you, Jeff. Um, he has two games with over a hundred total yards in his career and he had 30 touches in both of them. Oh, uh, can I, can you go back to me? Can I, can yes. Go back, to me? back to Kev. He's, he's been injured significantly in both seasons he's played. And Daryl Henderson was RB 14 in points per game last year until Daryl Henderson had his ankle injury. So the Rams have a good running back behind him. They just choose not to use him typically, but they'll be forced to use him and they'll be like, oh, he's probably pretty good. So on to you, uh, whoever wants to All talk. right, Walker, what's I, your next point? I think that's it. I think we, we covered it. We missed one thing. He's hurt right now. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's, and Henderson's <laughs> healthy. Yeah. So. yeah. Henderson is, is practicing fully. So it's, yeah, Henderson's going to be the guy week one. And I think he's going to play well because he's done it before. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Let's move on to wide receivers. So Kev, uh, Kev just gets to keep going first because he's the guest. Uh, you've got Jacoby Myers, who is wide receiver 61, and I think is the best bet. Like, if I could just put down a bet of player who will exceed ADP, I think Jacoby Myers 61 is the odds-on uh, best bet. 
yeah <laughs> yeah you're uh, you know not to you know talk down to others but it, you're overthinking it if you're not drafting jacoby myers where he's going he's the wide receiver one in the offense that's clear cut i like Devonte parker Mac Jones is a terrible quarterback for Devontae Parker. Like you want gunslinger for Devontae Parker. You know, I'm still drafting Devontae because he's like a wide receiver 70. He's going past Jacoby. But if you're convincing yourself, he's the wide receiver one over Jacoby. Like it doesn't make any sense. Slot wide receiver, Mac Jones, very good at timing route, at timing passes, very good at ball placement, very good at throwing over the middle of the field. Jacoby is going to have 120 something targets. His efficiency last year declined um pretty significantly like throughout his career i mean obviously he had tom brady and I mean, cam newton i guess but he, he had a dip in efficiency last year mac jones going to year two is probably going to be better and by virtue of that jacoby myers is going to be better and the argument against him is touchdowns where in fact touchdowns don't really matter that much if he scores four to five with 120 targets he's going to be a top 40 wide receiver pretty easily like mm-hmm. this sounds crazy but i have jacoby scoring um just around 13 points per game which is like almost a wide receiver three and he's going as a wide receiver like five or six all right walker what are your thoughts i i agree with kev that's that that's exactly right i mean myers was a top 36 receiver last year i realized with less target competition you know without parker there and Aguilar just being a forgotten man in the offense but um i don't think his target share is going to go down i think it's going to stay relatively the same and I, you know, I don't believe in Mac Jones, but that doesn't mean that he can't throw a slant pass. You know, I, I, I think that Myers will probably be a top 36 guy. I mean, he's not sexy. He's not going to put up huge weeks a lot, but he's a good guy to put in your flex. So a few weeks ago, I got in that big argument with Mike about Jacoby Myers versus Devontae Parker, where if Devontae Parker hits as much as he could hit, he's, he has a higher upside than uh, Jacoby Myers. And then I spent two weeks thinking about how god awful this Patriots offense is looking to be this year. Yeah, there has not been one good like <clears throat> forget report report. There's not been one good vibe out of Patriots camp on offense. They've got Matt Patricia and Ben McAdoo running the offense, which Matt Patricia is a defensive guy and Ben McAdoo's a moron. So I will I'm I'm officially recanting and going with Jacoby Myers because like Kev said, uh, he can, Mac Jones can throw a slant. There are going to be passing opportunities in this offense, and they are not going to be downfield because this offense is going to be terrible. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to look a lot like um, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's, like, what was it, 90 for 900 sort of thing, where it's just like a lot, just a lot of not very good targets, but there's going to be a lot of them. And so... So Jacoby, Jacoby is just like a free space in a PPR league and you can get him for like a buck in a salary cap draft. Yeah. Look, target share, 22% in 2020, 24% last year goes down to 22% in a near 600 pass attempt offense. That's insane. Yeah. You're passing on that. That's as sticky as it gets. Like he's done 22% plus in back-to-back years and they don't have a better wide receiver on the team in my opinion. So I'm draft him you're literally passing on free money yeah it's 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 a it's a shoe in for a guy that will help you no matter what you're looking for so all right let's uh mike's guy is tyler boyd wide receiver 53 uh we've talked about him a lot on this podcast um you know my my thing on him is his biggest sin is not being as good as t higgins and and jamar chase which isn't that big of a sin yeah so kev what are your thoughts on boyd wide receiver 53 tyler boyd yeah or Tyler Lockett. Sorry, I, I misheard Tyler. Boyd. Or, um, 
Boyd. 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 Okay, for sure. I like it. I mean, again, Bengals offense, very good. Uh, one of Higgins' chase goes down. Tyler Boyd's a top 30 wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So you have an out to massive value, and you have at cost probably – he's going 53, you said? Yeah. yeah. He'll be 10 spots top ahead Top 40. Of He'll be top yeah. 40. Yeah. He was 31 last year in total. Yeah. And, like, he started slow, but second half, even with Higgins and Chase healthy, he was performing very well. He was giving you spike weeks. It's, like, again, they're going to pass more. It's going to be more efficient. Or not, not more efficient because it was, like, astronomically efficient last yeah. year. It's impossible to replicate that. But it'll still be very efficient. So everything's going to work out well for the Bengals. I think it's, like, unless Burrow gets hurt again or multiple pieces aside from Burrow get hurt, it's, like, a lock to be a top offense. All right, um, Walker, your guy is Hollywood Brown. Yeah, uh, because he's, I mean, he, he's like four bucks in salary cap drafts, and um, he's going outside the top 24 in a lot of instances in drafts, and that doesn't make any sense. Again, he's an extremely consistent target earner. Um, he is explosive with the ball in his hands. It he's going to be the number one receiver for at least six weeks in an offense that will move the ball and score touchdowns. Um, he's with a good quarterback. There, there's just no reason why he won't be really good for fantasy like he has been before. And people just, I think they're like, well, he drops the ball and, you know, he's, he's had, you know, injury problems. And it's like, well, he, you know, he, he plays most of the time. He's good most of the time. I don't know what more you need to see here. The the underlying stats back it up. The eye test back it up. The production backs it up. He's going to be a top 20 guy, and he's going as a wide receiver three. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a pretty straightforward thing. He's wide receiver 25. Uh, Kev, do you have any differing opinions on, on Hollywood or something you'd like to share about him? I have him as a top 15 wide receiver. Um, you have the first six weeks. You have the first six weeks without Nuke. He's going to be the wide receiver one. I know we talked about Ertz and whatnot, him getting uh, a bunch of targets. We have a situation where Hollywood is going to a quarterback where he has rapport. He's, he and Kyle play together. We know this. Um, he's going to a team that's going to throw more. And again, we've mentioned target share, how it's sticky. He's had an elite 25%, 26% target share in the past few seasons. So He's coming to a team where he's going to be the wide receiver one guaranteed for those first few weeks. And then when Nuke returns, the offense could just go ballistic. And even with a lower target share, the touchdown potential and just I think, yeah, I'm buying all the way into this Arizona offense. I love Hollywood. I have him on literally every other team that I can get. Um, I've been drafting him late third round, honestly. Like he's right after that, like Cortland Sutton to me, like after. I, this is going to sound crazy. I would take Hollywood over Keenan Allen and Mike Williams because it, he's going to have a higher target share and he's has higher touchdown potential than I think both of them. All right, Kev, get off the podcast. You're out. Get him out. Okay. He's done. Get him out. No. Um, I mean, that that's a strong take on Hollywood Brown. He, he does. He did garner a ton of targets with with the Ravens, and he had he had so many targets that he got mad and wanted to leave because he wanted more targets. <laughs> so Arizona had to have been like, all right, we're just gonna use you as much as humanly possible. So um, I'm not finding myself ending up with a lot of uh, Hollywood Brown, and I think it's just because in that area I'm looking at like Brandon Cooks, 
And so it's like it just it just has worked out that way. But um, I'm if if uh, somebody handed me a team and I had I had Hollywood Brown on it, I wouldn't be too upset about it. Um, so wait, wait, he was wide receiver 11 until Lamar got hurt. That's come on. I, I think with Kyler, he could be even better. Let's not. I think that's well, crazy. I'm not saying, like I said, if somebody handed me that, I don't have a lot of him, but if, because I want Brandon cooks in that same range and that's who I'm getting. And it's like, like, but like I said, if somebody handed me a team and it had Hollywood Brown on it, I'd be like, all right, cool. Sounds good. Okay. That's what I was saying. Okay. Like, I'm just not ending up with him because there's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a sicko for Brandon cooks. So oh, that, my. that, that's the only difference. So my guy, Kadarius, Tony, um, we all laughed when he got taken in the first round last year, the giants were a mess. Uh, the Giants remain a mess, but I think the mess will help Kadarius Tony because Kenny Galladay is a disaster. Uh, Darius Slayton, uh, uh, Sterling Shepard, uh, um, and it's come down to the point where it's Kadarius Tony and uh, Wandale Robinson as like the only usable guys in the passing game, unless you count Saquon Barkley. But in terms of wide receivers and tight ends, and um, I was looking at his target share last year, and so he left two games early with injury at the beginning of the year. And so if other than that, he had at least nine targets in half of his games last year. The Giants wanted to use him. Now they have Brian Dable, who is much better on offense than what they had going on last year and is going to focus on on his best players. And he's going to figure out a way to uh, hide Daniel Jones as best he can, which I think is going to be a lot of Saquon Barkley and a lot of giving the ball to his two best uh, wide receivers, his two most talented guys, which is going to be Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson. And Kadarius Tony's wide receiver 45. Like he could be a bum. The Giants offense could be terrible and you just crumble him up, and throw him away. But if he hits, he's like, you know, he had you know, two games back to back where he had uh, 22 targets, 16 catches and 270 yards, 260 yards combined. Like he has that upside and um, he's essentially a forgotten man. He's like an, all right, I'll take Kadarius Tony round 11 type guy. And, I think that, you know, with, with th- those are the type of players that, you know, we mocked them. We made fun of them. He's got the Giants think on him. Those are the guys that you get tremendous value on. Remember when we said Mac Jones can throw a slant? Yes. I don't know if Daniel Jones can throw a slant. So, <laughs> okay. Again, that joke side. Yes, Kadir Sony had that massive target share, but there he left a bunch of those games early, like we mentioned. And he's hurt now. And I, I, he might be good, but I just don't want to take that shot on him. I think I'd rather take a shot on upside running backs in his range. Um, maybe maybe wide receivers in his range. Other wide receivers, sorry. He is one. But yeah, I, I just can't do it. The injury is the bad team. I, I get it. He had a great game against the Dallas Cowboys. They, were, they lost 20 to 44 that game. <laughs> they got, uh, hey, they also got smashed against the uh, uh, Buccaneers when he had 12 targets. So don't forget that. Yeah, and he had four. He had 40 yards on those 12 targets. <laughs> so you know what? I'm I'm not interested. Let someone else do it. Maybe he has five good games and that'll pay off at ADP. But I I just can't I can't do it. I can't physically press the button. Okay, now I'm looking at his ADP and I'd rather take Chris Olave. So yep, there Chris you go. Olave, Give me give me all those guys. Traylon Burks is going significantly after him. I still think Traylon Burks is a better season. I think Traylon Burks is a better prospect. Uh, yeah, it, it, Rondell Moore, I'd rather take. And Rondell Moore is not healthy either. But I think Rondell Moore was a better prospect. And he's in a better offense. So This is, yeah, this is what I get for trying to talk about somebody new. All right, fine. 
No, no. I mean, you have the right mindset. Yes, he got a lot of targets. Yes, he was relatively efficient on a per route basis, but so was Deontay Harris. And I mean, uh, Deontay Hardy, excuse me. Uh, last name change, respect that. I, I I don't know what's the difference between these two players. I, I can't see it, and I don't like Tony that much. All right, Walker, break the tie. Uh, Tony's good. I, I'll take Tony. Hey, there we go. There All right, go. you win. You win, Jeff. You win this round. <sighs> That's right. Uh, Walker, I'll, 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 I'll Venmo you the 20 bucks for agreeing with me. All right, uh, let's go to bust wide receivers. Uh, Kev, uh, you got Drake London, wide receiver 42. Um, you've been kind of pounding the table that you have no interest in Drake London all off season. You know, I, I said, I liked Marcus Mariota. Well, I like Marcus Mariota because I think Marcus Mariota is going to run a lot. And if Marcus Mariota runs a lot, that means he's not going to pass a lot. And if he doesn't pass a lot, Drake London's not going to eat. And while I like Drake London, he suffered a knee injury in the preseason. He's coming off an ankle fracture last year. And yeah, it proved that it didn't matter for Jalen Waddle, but Jalen Waddle runs like a four, three Drake London runs like a four five. So uh, Jalen Waddle going from a four three to a four four, not as much of an impact as London going from like a four five to a four six, let's say. And yes, this forty time isn't everything, but if it takes even a minor ding on him, um, in a low pass volume offense, I just don't see fantasy value coming to fruition unless there's like a Kyle Pitts injury, which God forbid because he's incredible. I like Drake London obviously as a USC fan that he's, you know, I have a certain bias towards him. But just not this season. Maybe in the future with a new wide, um, new quarterback who is going to throw a lot, but not this one. All right, Walker, your thoughts on Drake London? Uh, yeah, I don't draft him this year. That's all I got for you. It's very simple. Don't do it. Going in the same range as uh, Chris Olave, who we just mentioned, Kadarius Tony, who we just mentioned, George Pickens, Chase Claypool, Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks or Chase Claypool are so much better picks than Drake London. It's not yeah, yes. Yeah. Exactly. So even though uh, Drake might be better, Drake might be better, but just not this year. I can't. Right. Not like, this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if we're if we are discounting Kyle Pitts because of the Atlanta Falcons, like how can we feel good about Drake London? Like there, there's no way it doesn't work that way. So, um, all right. Mike said Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 18. Um, Why? Kev, what are Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Kev, what are your thoughts on Deontay Johnson since you haven't been on the pod i okay look obviously i liked him as a prospect i i hated him in the nfl because <laughs> of his price and also i you know i stand juju so like i was always like oh take juju before deontay that didn't work out two years in a row nope but when it comes i mean juju's injuries have come into play with that and deontay benefit from it along with being ben's safety blanket so my guess is not that we're overrating deontay I'm not taking him only because I expect fewer pass attempts per game from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had like 600 plus total last year. And Ben passes a lot. We know this. It's big Ben. He also doesn't take a lot of sacks. So there are not many dead plays. I think Trubisky and Pickett as well behind a battle line. They're going to take more sacks. They're not going to throw as much. They're going to be run heavy uh, to protect Pickett. Trubisky's going to run as well. So that's going to, you know, those are pass plays that aren't going to occur. So, I think Johnson's going to be good. He's probably going to finish as a wide receiver too, but I think it's closer to a low-end wide receiver two than a high-end wide receiver two. Therefore, I'm just not very interested. And I think the upside is lower than past years where he was just getting peppered with targets and being inefficient. So I think the inefficiency catches up this year to a certain degree. Like, I'm just not very into it. So my question for you is, 
do you think the inefficiency could have been a um, symptom of a bad quarterback? A, a, okay, a quarterback but, that, well, hold on. I know his quarterbacks aren't good now, but yeah. Ben, Ben could only throw the ball 15 feet downfield, like yeah. <laughs> not even yards. He was barely th- able to throw the ball. So just, just a question on there. Again, it comes down to the quarterbacks aren't good either. I'm not a Kenny Pickett guy. Yes, he looked good in the preseason, but those were all like rollouts and like designed plays. I don't think that's going to work past the first quarter in the NFL. Um, you know how like, you know, like the game plan goes to shit or whatever soon after and you got to figure it out. I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to figure it out. Trubisky, again, he's going to run a lot. Yes, he might connect on some deep passes. And he had like one really good deep throw in the preseason, but, you know, they're not really scheming much. Defenses aren't disguising anything. There's no fancy blitzes. I just don't, I mean, I don't buy the preseason Pittsburgh Steelers that look decent translating. I don't think they're good, even though they have really good offensive pieces. Like Najee is objectively good, even though he's not as amazing as his price suggests. Deontay's good. Chase Claypool's good. Pickens is good. The quarterback's bad. I don't think it's going to work out in terms of Johnson being as valuable as last year, where Juju did go down mid, like early in the season, and that helped him out a bunch. And Claypool kind of played like crap, so... It just okay. kind of a lot went in his favor. And this year with everyone healthy, I don't see it coming to fruition as much. Okay. Um, Kev, do you need to, do you need to run? We're over. No, I, I'm okay. No, we're okay. We haven't been busy. Okay, cool. All right. So um, Walker, what is, what's your thoughts on Deontay this year? Uh, I really like Deontay this year. I, I think that he's probably going to be a top 12 receiver. Um, again, elite target share um, drops. were not a problem last season. Um so I think we can put that to bed. Uh, elite route runner gets open constantly. Um, I think what, whoever the quarterback is, is going to be throwing a lot of short passes. Pittsburgh's offensive line is not good. These guys aren't accurate down the field, so they're going to be throwing the short passes. Uh, they still have Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. That's his MO. And uh, I, I, I think that he's going to do what he's been doing. You know, I, I, I don't think that, the offense is going to change much, and I don't think that the player's production is going to change much. You know, bad quarterback to bad quarterback. You know, same offensive coordinator, same offensive philosophy. I think he'll be pretty much the same player, and I think he's a fringe top 12 receiver. All right. Uh, let's talk about a guy that uh, you hate, Walker. Uh, mm-hmm. Alan Lazard. Uh, we kind of mentioned him earlier, a wide receiver by committee in Green Bay, apparently, and he's going as wide receiver 39. So why why do you hate Alan Lazard? Uh, Alan Lazard is, uh, he hasn't produced any type of good target share with basically no competition other than Devontae Adams. Um, he's not going to go up to a 20% target share this year from like 11% what he's been earning. It's just not going to happen. Like he could go to 15 or 16 maybe, but the best you're going to get out of him is maybe just barely getting to 100 targets that's not a guy i'm taking in the top 100 picks um he he's he's never shown that he's a good receiver you know he doesn't even have like the low target share but the touchdown production flashes that you get from like gabe davis Mm -hmm. so uh, you know people are just drafting him because he's tied to aaron Rodgers and he's the guy that's been there and I, I just simply don't think that anybody in that receiver room is going to consistently produce, you know, high level fantasy results. And so I'm just, you know, I, I'm staying away from Lazard because he's the most expensive option in an underwhelming receiver room. 
Yeah, I mean, how often have we seen a situation where a guy just kind of sticks around for five years and then all of a sudden he has this great uh, this great season where there was no flashes of it before? You know, right. his his career high was last year. He had 545 yards. Yeah, like he's are, not going to have a thousand yards all of a sudden. Yeah, it, it just doesn't work that way because it's not like it's not like he had 545 yards and he was, you know, Tyler Boyd. Behind two great weapons. He was behind Devontae Adams, and that was it. And it's like, all of a sudden, he's going to get, he's going to double his target load, and he's going to get 1,000 yards. Like, it doesn't make sense uh, to to buy into that. So, Kev, what are your thoughts on Alan Lazard? I'm not interested. I, wa- I think he's not bad. Can I, can I be, like, can I, can I say that? Yeah, Is that allowed? I, we, we have a, a class of player we talk about on this podcast where we say he's not bad, but he's not particularly good either. I, if he was going to break out, it would have happened last year as the yeah. wide receiver two, as the unobstructed wide receiver two in the offense. He didn't really miss time. He had the, I think it was the appendix surgery midseason in uh, 2020, which, you know, he looked good at times. He was very efficient, didn't translate. Yes, he had the late season production. He had eight touchdowns, which is great, but that's because Aaron Rodgers was his quarterback and he had Devontae Adams taking attention off of, uh, attention off from the secondary. But when it comes down to it, he was out-targeted by Aaron Jones. And again, Aaron Jones is good, but you shouldn't be out-targeted by a running back, especially one playing 50% of the snaps. I'm lukewarm because, yes, there's precedent. We've had Jordy Nelson, who didn't do much. We've had Thielen, who didn't do much and then ended up doing a lot. We've had Troy Brown, who like for eight years didn't do anything and then became a 1,000-yard receiver. It's not unprecedented, but it's not something you want to bet on, especially mm-hmm. at the cost. So... Can it happen? Yeah, for sure. I, I think Alan Lazard's good. Like, not bad, more not bad than good. But I don't think he's wide receiver one good. I think he's wide receiver two good. And it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to pay for it. Can he see 17.5% of the targets? Maybe even 20%? Yeah, but in a low pass volume offense with touchdowns declining without a wide receiver one taking the attention off, I'm, I'm just not interested. All right, perfect. Uh, let's talk about Terry McLaurin, um, wide receiver 16 off the board. That's actually gone up. Uh, when I first started writing, he was wide receiver 17. Um, so he's never come close to being that high. Um, and he's been the only guy for a long time, no, not for a long time, for several years in Washington. He's been the only person in the wide receiver room worth targeting. And um, now they have Carson Wentz, who isn't great. He's never had a great quarterback, but they have Jahan Dotson to take downfield shots as well. They have, um, you know, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas is healthy. They've got Curtis Samuel healthy, supposedly, apparently. There's a lot of targets that are going to happen there. And he's kind of already maxed out in terms of terms of his opportunity. He was one of the league leaders in air yards last year. He was one of the league leaders in targets last year. And he still finished in the 20s at wide receiver. He's never finished in the teens. So I don't see where this growth is going to come from Terry McLaurin, where all of a sudden he's a top 16 wide receiver. It really feels like, um, and I, we mentioned, I mentioned this in the, in the chat earlier, it feels like Amari Cooper syndrome or, you know, to a lesser extent, uh, DJ Moore syndrome, D, where it's like, if he gets a quarterback, he's going to be so good. And it's like, he still doesn't have that quarterback. But every year we hope that he does. And he still doesn't. Carson Wentz isn't that dude. Like people talk about how he had a good downfield completion percentage last year. Great. He was awful in the three years prior. 
Like he had one good year last year where, um, you know, he was, uh, I guess he was bombing it out to Michael Pittman, which he could bomb it out to Terry McLaurin again, but he was off target through the three years prior. So it's one of those things where I don't have faith that Terry McLaurin is going to take this step forward where he's going to reward you with a wide receiver 16 season. Granted, he's by pure volume, he's not going to fall outside of the wide receiver two ranks like wide receiver 24 feels like his floor. But at the same time, we're too excited about Terry McLaurin. I, I feel like we've gotten too far over our skis on, on Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Uh, DJ Moore syndrome is a very, uh, very good way to put it. He has the target share. It's incredible. I just don't think they're going to pass more with Wentz. I think they're still going to be very run-pass split, almost even kind of situation. Even with Brian Robinson out, yeah, like Gibson might not be the between-the-tackles guy, but they can figure out how to use him. They've given him 300 touches as recently as last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan Williams can be that between the tackles grinder who gets like 90 to 100 rushes or whatever. They have McKissick too, but overall they have a weird set of pieces. Yeah, Terry McLaurin can be a wide receiver, a high-end wide receiver too, but that's what you're getting and you're paying for it. So I'm not very interested, but if he falls, like I'd take him over DK. I think his situation's better mm-hmm. than that. Um, him and Deontay Johnson is interesting because I think. Terry scores more touchdowns. Deontay gets more targets. Like that could be close. It just, yeah, I, I'm not very interested. Like I'd rather take Hollywood Brown. Like I've said, I, uh-huh. that's, I'd rather take that guy over Terry McLaurin and Deontay Johnson. So oh, yeah. Sutton. I take Horton Sutton with Russell Wilson over those guys too. So, you know, maybe I'm falling for the upside argument of great quarterbacks, but that typically works out with really good wide receivers. So. Yeah, I don't think you're falling for the upside argument of great quarterbacks. I think you're falling for Carson Wentz isn't a good quarterback, and that's all you need to. <laughs> that's all you need. So um, let's roll to tight ends, shall we? Uh, first one on the board is Kev's uh, Brevin Jordan, uh, Houston Texans tight end. If you don't know who that is, tight end 32 off the board, literally free. Literally. So wide receiver one, Brandon Cooks, obviously. Don't mm-hmm. think we're going to go crazy discreet wide receiver two, nico collins i like nico collins i don't think it's crazy for brevin jordan to be the second target on this team Mm-mm. i'm not buying the pharaoh brown quote-unquote starter narrative uh brevin jordan was on the field for like every starter snap with uh davis mills in the offense even with brandon cooks out and whatnot but he's the guy he was a good prospect coming out i think he missed some time last year and then towards the end of the season the target share looked good in those last few games um athletic Maybe he's David Njoku and he is like stuck as a tight end one who doesn't get tight one snaps, but I don't think there's an Austin Hooper to take anything away from him. I don't think uh, the team's not going to like, they're not a good team. They're going to have to throw. Davis Mills seems like a guy who can pepper his tight end. I don't think that's crazy and he's free. So I'm willing to take the upside on an athletic guy. Like I'd rather take him where he's going than David Njoku where he's going. Cause I think Davis Mills is better than Jacoby Brissett. And I think they're going to throw more in Houston. So, yeah, give me the upside at tight end 30. Walker, previously in the offseason, you'd mentioned Brevin Jordan as a guy that you like. So are you are you still rolling with Brevin Jordan? Are you on the side with Kev? I mean, I think Brevin Jordan, his absolute ceiling is like back end tight end one, and his floor is pretty darn low. Um if you're taking a tight end two, like if you, you know, the draft board didn't fall the way you wanted to and you didn't get one of the top nine guys. 
So you're just like waiting and taking two of them, you know, two upside guys late. Uh, then I could see it. You know, he he's uh, he's also a good guy to stash on your dynasty rosters, but I don't see a huge upside this year. You know, he's not that much cheap. You know, Austin Hooper is basically free, and I feel like he has higher floor and higher upside. Um, you know, David Njoku is not that much more expensive. He has much higher upside. So I I think he'll beat his ADP probably, but I don't know how much that's going to matter for fantasy. So you mentioned Austin Hooper. That's the guy that you have as your sleeper, tight end 23. So you prefer him to uh, to Brevin Jordan. Um so what what has you preferring him to Brevin Jordan on a on a Titans team that hasn't really produced a good uh, tight end since Delaney Walker? Sure, um, Hooper's the best guy they've had since Delaney Walker. Um, uh, sir Johnu Smith, Fever Dream. Johnu Smith, who has never been good at football. Yeah, uh, yeah, Hooper's done it before. He's been a top twelve tight end before. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is a good enough quarterback to support, you know, a receiver and a tight end at the same time. It, it Robert Woods is coming off of a torn ACL. I don't expect him to be, he's also almost 30 years old. I don't expect him to be the same guy anymore. Um, I, I just think that there's a reasonable chance that Hooper ends up with the second most targets of anybody in this offense. He could get to a hundred targets. He catches a lot of his targets and no, he's not a guy who's particularly explosive but he's a good route runner. He gets himself open. He's reliable. And, you know, you could basically for free get a guy who finishes the season with, you know, 65 catches for 650 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, I like Hooper because um, I really wish I could find it again. And um, I wish I could give credit to who it was, but I can't seem to do that. I was reading an article about um the titans tight end usage and and they target the tight end a decent amount it was 20 percent last year which is like upper half it was basically tied with the niners um but the way that they use tight ends was that they were always rotating between the three where they would have um you know i think it was i think it was swaim in on 11 but on 12 it was like pruitt and um ferkser or i might have gotten swaim and ferkser mixed up but because they were always rotating guys in and out, there wasn't a tight end on the field enough to garner enough touches. But um, during training camp and stuff, they were using Austin Hooper in 11 and uh, I don't know if I got it backwards, 12 or 21. Anyways, one tight end and two tight end sets. Um, he was staying on the field for all of them. So he is sitting there where he's probably looking at probably 75 targets. Um, if you look at how many targets they had last year, how they distributed them, and if you figure he gets the most, you know, the majority of them, he's looking at a bunch of targets. So I don't I don't hate the Austin Hooper uh, either. I also don't hate Brevin Jordan. I love bad, deep tight ends. I, I love them. So I'll love every deep tight end. Um, a tight end I don't love, Cole Komet, tight end 12. That's not a sleeper, Mike. Get him out. Mike has Cole Komet as a sleeper tight end. Get him out. He's tight end 12. He's a starting tight end. Uh, I love Gerald Everett. Tight end 20. That's my guy. Uh, he had basically the same top line numbers as Jared Cook last year, who's he's, who he's replacing in L.A. Uh, they kept him on ice all offseason, as they did with all of their presumptive starters and guys that are set to be key parts of their their offense. Um, he had essentially top line numbers with Jared Cook, but Jared Cook had way more targets, way more air yards. And um, on a per catch basis in terms of like juke rate and uh, um, – who else was there? Fantasy points per target. 
Uh, Gerald Everett was way better than than Jared Cook, and um, he's an athletic guy. Like he's got an eight nine seven RAS. Um, I think he can finally break through. He only has to hold up Donald Parham, and I'm not particularly worried about Donald Parham. Um, Jared Cook successfully held him off last year. So how much how much threat to Gerald Gerald Everett is he really going to be? Parham's like hurt right now too, so they don't really yeah. have a tight end too. Uh, he's yeah. missed all of training camp. He's still hurt. I think it's a hammy or a glute or something, some soft tissue. So rest up your ass, Donald Parham. Hope you get better. Overall, yeah, I agree with Everett. I think he's a fine target. I have Everett, Hooper, Brevin Jordan in my ranks at like 19, 20, 21. Yeah. Um, like I'd take them all over like that Noah Fant kind of like uh, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Uh, no, I'd take Albert O just because Dulcich is on IR and I think he's in the best offense probably. Uh, okay. So shout out Albert O. Go get him if you have him. He's, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm back on the table, but regardless, Everett. Yeah, you meant like he had a 15%-ish target share last year. Just they didn't throw much in Seattle. I expect much more passes in LA. Uh, Herbert, very good quarterback. Obviously, he her Everett could easily be the third target there. So I like it. Yeah, sorry about coughing. I, I, I misclicked the microphone and I coughed right in everybody's ear when Kev was talking. So sorry about that. Um, let's finish this up with some tight ends that we hate. Uh, Kev has the highest or the second highest ranked one here. It's Dalton Schultz, tight end six. And I haven't seen or heard a lot of, of hate about Dalton Schultz. So I'm open to it. I'm open to hearing what you have to say about him. So why, why do you have Dalton Schultz as a bust, Kev? I haven't heard this much this offseason, so I'm curious. I mean, I loved Dalton Schultz last year. I had him on like every team because he was free. But you're basically drafting a worse version of Austin Hooper top eight. Uh, yes, Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. But they have no offensive line. Uh, Dalton Schultz really is not athletic. He doesn't run routes really well. He just is kind of there. He's he's a jag. He's the definition of a jag. Yes, he had 100-plus targets last year, and he had eight touchdowns. But I don't see the offense being anywhere as good as it was last year without Amari Cooper, with Michael Gallup coming off an ACL tear, with the O-line in shatters. Like, everything's kind of going south for the Dallas offense. I think they're going to be forced to run more this year. Uh, so the passing volume goes down, passing touchdowns go down, everything goes down. They might have Schultz blocking more too because the offensive line is so bad. So everything is just working against him. And to say bust, I, I think outside the top 10, but like he could be tight end 11, tight end 12, but I'm not going to draft him as tight end six, seven, anytime soon. Uh, give me TJ Hawkinson. Give me Goddard. Obvious. I've Goddard at tight end six. Uh, give me... Just those guys. I think Fryermuth and Schultz are, should be in the same range. Okay. So basically, I think the difference between how we've regarded Dalton Schultz and how you regard Dalton Schultz is that I've seen Schultz as kind of like the last guy before the blob, and you're like, just throw him in with the rest of them. Just throw him yeah. in with the blob. He is a blob tight end. He just had a great season because he was surrounded by amazing wide receivers last year. I like C.D. Lamb, but I don't think C.D. Lamb's going to do enough to command attention away from Dalton Schultz. Like, you can bracket him pretty easily on the field. Like it's, he's not Jason Witten. He's, I mean, Jason Witten was that good, but like, yeah, he's, he's mid. He's mid. All right, Walker, what are your thoughts on, on Schultz? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he's like a mid guy who gets way more targets and better targets than the other mid guys. And so I, I think he's going to continue to do that in an offense where he's starting the season is pretty clearly the second best pass catching option. So 
I just think that he's going to be a pretty you know consistent focal point. I, I don't think he's going to have huge blow up weeks a whole lot, but I think he's got a really high floor. Uh, certainly the highest floor of anybody outside the top five, in my opinion. Um, if you want to draft Dallas Goddard because of the upside ahead of him, that's fine. Um, but like, I wouldn't draft TJ Hawkinson over him, and I wouldn't draft Zach Ertz over him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm looking at the ADP, and and the reason why, like Schultz, it just feels like he's not a good value. Like there's guys no, going near him, that, yeah, that I'd much rather have. Like he's going in the same range as uh, a lot of wide receivers, like uh, Quitlin Sutton, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, uh, Gabe Davis, however you feel about him, Chris Godwin, um, and then also like um, he's also going in the same range as like uh, Brees Hall and uh, Jalen Hurts, guys that I'd much rather have than than Dalton Schultz. And then I can come back with Kev. You mentioned Goddard. Goddard's going around later. So I can get him later or Zach Ertz is going like three rounds later. So um, it's just not a great value for Dalton Schultz. Um, yeah, Schultz or Ertz, I'd rather take Schultz, but Ertz is 50 picks and 40, 50 picks later. Yeah, so. he's, he's a much better value. Um, so Dawson Knox, Mike has him at tight end 10. We've talked Dawson Knox to death on this podcast. Uh, basically, he was supersized uh, Robert Tunyon from two years ago. Um, you know, he's a better player than Tunyon, but he doesn't get the opportunity. And, um, you know, there was there was a bait today. I forget who posted. It. I think it was uh, Kevin Tompkins where he said uh, either you're in on Gabe Davis or you're in on Dawson Knox. And that was bait. But it's kind of true. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't see a situation where Dawson Knox returns value, um, especially because I was thinking about it. We have this idea where the Bills are going to just run it back with Dawson Knox uh, getting a lot of targets. Well, that came in lieu of the running backs getting a lot of targets. And they spent a second on James Cook and want to use him as a pass catching back. So, so it kind of feels like those targets are going to come out of the tight ends uh, who didn't have a lot of targets to begin with. So that was just, you know, my thought process on, on, on Dawson Knox. I haven't liked him at all this season. Um, Kev, have you been in on Dawson Knox at all? No, I don't care. I, I think he's better than uh, Robert Tunyon, Bob Onion, whatever you want to call him. Big Bob he's Tunyon. In, he's in a very good offense. Yes, he's going to get targeted. I just don't care. I don't think he's going to reach his own. He's a top 100 player who, I mean, I think him no, and Schultz no is a good upside. argument. Yeah, no, it, it's like. No upside. Schultz both, will easily outproduce Knox. Even so, it's just like what's both of their ceiling is like tight end five. I don't care. I don't want him. I don't, I don't even care. think Knox's ceiling is that high. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in Knox either. I'd, he wasn't my personal bust guy, but, or was he? I forgot. Um, Yours was uh, Darren Waller. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, he's one of the guys I considered going with. Yeah. Knox is not going to return value. Yeah. He's yeah. just, he's not great. So, oh, Walker, you went with Darren Waller, who kind of disappeared from training camp. That people said it was a hamstring. Turns out it seems to actually be wanting a new contract. Um, but Waller's still been gone while they've been trying to sort out this new look to the Raiders offense. So is that kind of where you're falling with Darren Waller here? I don't really care about that too much. I just think he's fighting with, you know, he, he was fighting for being the top guy for targets in their offense. And now he's fighting with Hunter Renfro to be the second guy for targets in their offense. You know, I, I think that the McDaniels offense will be perfectly fine for, for fantasy, but um, I just, 
there's not enough targets to go around when Devontae Adams is taking a huge target share, which he will because that's what he's always done. You know, it, it, Waller is going to have less targets. He's 30 years old. He's been hurt. Um, it, it's, I just think he's a riskier bet than the other guys that are top four. Um, and I think his ADP is way too high. You know, I, yes, I still have him ahead of the Schultz, Goddard, Hawkinson guys. But I have him in his own little tier between Kittle and Pitts and then six through nine. So I, I just I think he's going too early. He shouldn't be going ahead of Pitts or Kittle ever, in my opinion. OK, Kev, how, how, how are you falling on this Darren Waller situation? Uh, I mean, he practiced today. And he got his new agent, so they're working on the new contract. And I think it was a full-on hold-in. Like, he was yeah. at, he was with the team every day. That wasn't an issue. It's not like he was missing from the team. He was just not practicing, which is fine. I think he was stretching and taking care of his body. I don't think that's an issue at all. Look, I, yes, he's going to have fewer targets this year. But he had, what, like 117 in 2019. It was like a top three tight end or something with three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I think we go back to that instead of the 150 target range with more touchdowns. Adams, yes, wide receiver one. I think Waller more explosive, better than Renfro. Injuries are a concern, yes, but I don't think the ham. I think the hammy in the preseason's overblown. You, you're getting a pretty decent discount on him at like pick 50-ish. Uh, I would take him over Kittle, but yeah, I'd take Pitts before him, obviously. So he's my tight end four. I was targeting him early. I'm still targeting him. I I think targets go down, touchdowns go up, efficiency goes up. The last three seasons, 9.8 yards per carry, 8.2, then 7.2. I think that's just because teams bracketed him as the only really receiving weapon since Amari Cooper. Uh, I know Renfro showed up, but he's not as much of a threat as Waller. So I think he's one of those guys that benefits from being the two in an offense than the one. So I'm in on him. I think he has a career high touchdowns. Like he hits almost double digits or if uh, he had nine one season, but I think he gets to like 10, 11 uh, with Adams and, you know, Carr's a good quarterback. So it's not crazy to think he could feed multiple receivers. Yeah, I think it's just with Waller, it's a it's a value proposition with me. It's just like if I'm if I'm taking a shot on him, I I want the assurance that he's going to be good. And I just don't feel like I have that right now. Um, So I'll just take somebody else where I know they'll be good and then I'll wait and get somebody else. Um, I'm officially put my boy to bed. My bust. Mike is tight end 13. I was as far as I can tell, literally the first person on Mike is way back. Um. Uh, going into a sophomore year, but we've got a situation where um, I mentioned there hasn't been any good vibes about the Patriots offense. There's been literally only bad vibes about Mike Kosicki this year. Uh, they're trying to square peg round hole him. They're trying to get him to block. They're trying to get him to do all this stuff. They're trying to turn him into George Kittle, and he's not George Kittle. He's a giant slot receiver. That's what he is. The man can't block, and they're trying to make him a blocker. They're trying to fit him into the Miami or Miami's trying to fit him into what Kyle Shanahan wants out of a tight end instead of just using him like a big slot receiver. And I think it's going to end very poorly for Mike Kosicki. You know, there were rumors that they were trying to trade him before the cut down. Miami denied those rumors, but um, you know, he's playing into the fourth quarter. He's playing with backups. You know, all of the starters are resting, but Mike Kosicki and Mike McDaniel is just like, he needs the reps and that's not what you want to hear from a guy that you're tr- trying to draft to be a starter for your team. Like you don't want to hear he needs the reps. 
for unless the guy's, you know, coming off of an injury. It's like, yeah, he's just trying to, you know, get back up to speed. It's like he needs the reps because he doesn't know what he's doing in this offense. And uh, there's Tyreek Hill's there now. Chase Edmonds there now, um, you know, to a much lesser extent, said Wilson's there now. There's a lot more guys to take targets. I don't think Mike Kosicki is looking at like 115 targets again. He's probably looking at closer to 80. And you're, you know, you're taking him at, at, at tight end 13, with, you know, functionally top 12 tight end. It's like, I just, I don't want it. Like, I would literally rather have Cole Komet, and I don't think Cole Komet's very good. So it's just like, ugh. you know, you can have Mike Kosicki. I don't want him anymore. You're saying you're you're gesicky you're gesick of these B words. That's right. Uh, I, I really more like Gasucky, folks. Gesicky. I, I think he's good. He's a, he's very he fast. He's very good in a straight line, and that that works for a lot of teams, just not the Dolphins. And hey, maybe they unsquare peg round hole him by October November. I just don't want to deal with the headache. Let someone yeah. else deal with it. Come at him. I don't care. I'm not going to take either of them really. Um, just. I'd rather wait on the Hooper Jordan tier that we were talking about. If mm-hmm. you're not taking those early tight ends, you're you should wait. I'm not gonna take the the blob, except Okwegbunam, who I like. Again, that's like the only blob key. Eh, Henry maybe, but again, it's very you're picking nits. I don't want Kasiki. I don't want to deal with it. Komet, we you mentioned, I think he's fine. It's gonna be annoying, and yeah, neither of them like they they're not gonna get your nut. That's right, Walker. Uh, is is Mike Kosicki gonna get your nut? <laughs> Never. Okay. Give me a member. Hey, Kevin, remember? Uh, give me that brain. <laughs> Good times. Uh, uh, all right. What are your thoughts on Mike Kosicki, Walker? Uh, not really interested this year. Um, yeah, the the role doesn't seem to be there. He's a guy who needs a very specific role to be successful and it doesn't seem like that's what he's going to get this season so yeah i'll i'll let somebody else take the chance all right perfect so those are all the sleepers and busts for this week uh we will be back next week on tuesday in the patreon feed to uh plant our flags uh these are the guys that we're gonna kind of like make these our guys it's gonna be me walker and mike um if you are part of the the patreon you will get that right into your feed uh then walker and i'll be back on wednesday to talk week one ranks and we'll all be back on friday to talk week one so kev thanks for joining us why don't you tell the people where they can find you follow you all that good stuff at Rotosurgeon on Twitter, that's where the stream of consciousness goes. Every single thought about fantasy football that goes through my mind ends up on my Twitter. If not my podcast, The Operating Room, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. Thank you to everybody who listened. Jeff, Walk, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure as always. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Yeah, thanks for being on, Kev. Uh, last second uh, uh, coming on. Very much appreciate it. Um, again, um, Draft kit is available uh, free for patrons. Uh, you just have to join the Patreon. Uh, seven bucks if you just want the kit uh, to footballabsurdity at gmail.com on PayPal, and I will manually send it to you. So uh, we will be back next week. And for Kev and Walker, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a good one. Bye.